0: We want to just welcome all the various campuses that have joined us With our service this morning, we want to say welcome to Dermot Christian Center, Phoenix with Pastor Mervyn and all of the congregants out there. We love you. Thank you for being a part of us this morning. Can we put our hands together, family? Welcome the Phoenix congregation. And then up in Hillcrest as well with Pastor Wayne and all of the leadership there in our congregants, a warm welcome to you that are up, just up yonder, just up the hill, not too far from us. Let's put our hands together. and And welcome those of you in Hillcrest, amen? I think it's a great thing that through technology we can reach all these various areas and come together as the family of God. And uh, let me tell you, if you're trusting God for a miracle, a breakthrough, or whatever it is that you're up against, I believe today can be your day, amen? Any day, there are miracles. Somebody once said, miracles are either coming towards you or passing you by. So don't let your miracle pass you by. Pump your neighbor and say, neighbor, don't let your miracle pass you by. Reach out and receive it. Reach out and receive it. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Let me remind you that this coming week on Thursday morning, 9 o'clock, we have Kingdom Advance and we have Pastor Titch, and how many of you were blessed when we had Brother Anu Padayachi? That was, we had a great time together. How many of you were there on that Thursday morning? Uh, just wave your hands if you were there. Wonderful. Uh, this coming Thursday is Pastor Titch, and he's phenomenal when it comes to biblical finances. So I know that you will be blessed. Amen. And if you have to take the day off, just tell your boss, I said it's okay, and uh, you'll be fine. Amen. But uh, just for an hour, we'll come together, 9 to 10, and it's our way of just investing in you, and you receiving something, uh, because I believe that this year is the year of limitlessness, where we're going to experience the limitlessness of God in every area of our lives. Can you say amen? All right, praise the Lord. Well, this morning, I just felt like this word bring up in my spirit. Next Sunday morning, I'm going to be talking about Vision Sunday, and uh, that's going to be a phenomenal Sunday when we take a look and see, you know, what is the impact of our church? What is it that we do? And, and, and what is it that, uh, how, how have lives been uh, transformed? And we're going to see that next Sunday. Can you say amen? This morning, and your notes are available in your church app. If you have uh, our church app, uh, you can just look at the notes. They're all there. If you don't have our church app, you can download that, and you can click on today's sermon, which is about great faith. Amen? And when you click on the sermon outline, the notes are there. The notes are for you. You'll see some words are missing and you just got to type them in with your, you know, just with your phone, if you spell those words wrong, it'll auto-correct it for you. You will see that there are little blue boxes as well, and if you click on those blue boxes, you can take additional notes, anything, uh, uh, you know, that I might say or that the Spirit of God quickens to you, you can write those down, and then all we ask you to do is at the end of the sermon is simply to email that sermon to yourself so that you will have those notes, and they are you are, are for you. We want you to take those notes, go home over the Scriptures, meditate over them, pray over them. If you need to preach them somewhere, feel free to preach them, all right? They are there for your... Blessing for your enjoyment so that you can grow. How many of you know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10:17. So we want you to be blessed. Amen. So I want to look at great faith, but before I begin, I want to just say that I think the Bible is one of the most amazing books that has ever been written, one of the most amazing books. Uh, that you are holding is the Bible it's an incredible awesome book and not just because it's made up of so many different facts I mean you'll find historical facts in this book you'll find scientific facts you'll find geological facts archaeological facts all kinds of facts but it's more than just a fact book it's a living book can you say amen that the Bible says that actually these words are living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, amen? But more than that, actually, the Bible is God's love letter to you and me. Would you hold up your Bibles and say, the Bible is God's love letter to me. Now, say it like you have a bit of faith right across the campuses. Hold your Bible in, the ha- in your hand and say after me, my Bible is God's love letter to me. Hallelujah. The problem is that oftentimes we don't see it as God's love letter to us. And because of that, then the Bible becomes a book of rules and regulations, a list of do's and don'ts. And that's because if it's a a, a, a truly a love letter from God to you, it, you will, it will touch your heart. Anything that stems out of love will touch your heart. Can you say amen? amen. And if it is a love letter to you, then you'll, it'll be pleasurable for you to read the Word, take time to look in the, in the Word. Amen? If it's a love letter that comes from God to you, then you will make time to study the Word. Can I get an amen? Jesus said these words. He said in Matthew 6, 21, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The Passion Bible says, For your heart will always pursue what you value as your treasure. For your heart will always pursue what you value to be as your treasure. The Message Bible says, it's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you'll most want to be and end up being. Hallelujah. So in other words, I want to make this statement that's in your notes, that whatever your heart values will be what you pursue. Is that true? Come on, is that true this morning? Speak to me. Whatever your heart values will be what you pursue. So if your heart is in that marriage, then you will pursue that marriage and you'll want to be with your spouse. And you will make time because your heart is in it and you are valuing your treasure, which is your marriage. Can I get an amen? If your heart is in that job that you do, oh, okay, I see some countenance just dropped there, right there. But if your heart is in that job, then you'll place value there and believe that you'll be at work on time, that you'll exercise good FXY because you value your work. Your heart is in that job. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If your heart is in this church, then you will value your time being here, and you won't mind being in church, whether it be the 8 o'clock service, the 10.30 service, or the 5 p.m. service. (laughs) Hallelujah. But it's interesting to note, family, that Jesus often commented on the level of people's faith. He he commented on the level of people's faith. And he did that not because he was trying to pick them out and try to make them feel uncomfortable, but rather he did that so as to show them that he recognized their faith and that their faith was important to God. I want you to look at somebody right now and tell them your faith is important to God. Say it like you have a bit of faith this morning, because we're preaching on great faith this morning. So look at somebody and tell them, your faith is important to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Come on up there in Phoenix and Hillcrest as well. Turn around to somebody in the Galway campus right here up in the balcony. Look at somebody and tell them, your faith is important to God. Amen. Amen. And it is so because faith is the only avenue by which we can receive anything from God. Now, we know all of this, but I'm just, I'm just laying a foundation. James 1 and 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all. To How many people? Just a few people. To all people and how does he give he gives liberally and without reproach and it will be given to them but let him ask in faith let him ask how in faith with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind then verse 7 says for let not that man or woman suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord He is double-minded, unstable in his ways. So I want to make this next statement that says basically, it's impossible to receive anything from God without faith. Can you say amen? That's why your faith is important. That's why Jesus would always highlight people's faith. And he would document and talk about where their level of faith is. Why? Because our faith is important to God. You cannot receive anything outside of your faith working for you. When your faith works for you, you will receive from God. Can I get a bit of amen in this place? Hallelujah. So when we follow Jesus through the Gospels, we see that he would oftentimes highlight the faith of the people. And when you look at the Gospel of Matthew, not once, not twice, but four times, Jesus actually comments on the disciples' little faith. So, in Matthew 6 and 30, he's talking about how God, you know, don't get stressed about what you'll eat or what you drink or what you'll wear. You know, if God can take care of the sparrows and the birds that fly and all the butterflies, how much more will he take care of you and I? And then in Matthew 6 and 30, he says, now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothes? Oh, you, O oh, you of little faith. So he highlighted the disciples' faith. And then one time when Jesus was asleep in the boat with his disciples and there was a storm that was blowing, he was sleeping, and they wake him up and say, Jesus, don't you worry, we're going to perish. And in Matthew eight twenty six, he said to them, Why are you fearful? O oh, you of what? Of little faith. And then he arose and rebuked the winds. And another time, Jesus walks out into the sea towards his disciples. They were already in a boat and got to about the middle of the lake, and suddenly there was a a storm raging, and Jesus comes walking on the water to his disciples. And Peter says, uh, uh, Jesus, if it's you, bid me to come, and I'll walk on the water. And how many of you remember? He said, come on, Peter. And Peter stepped out of the boat and began to walk on the water. And then he began to look around and see the waves and the wind that was blowing. And he lost a bit of faith and began to sink. And Jesus caught him by the hand. And in, in Matthew 8, it says, uh, 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 um, in, in, in Matthew 14:31, immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said, oh, you of little faith. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? And then one time when the disciples had forgotten to take bread and they were saying, Jesus, where are we going to get the bread? There's a crowd of people and and we don't know, you know, where we're going to get bread from. And Jesus rebukes them for their little faith in Matthew 16 verse 8. He said, oh, you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves? Because you have no bread. He said, don't you remember how I multiplied the two uh, fish and the five loaves? He said that they had little faith. And here's the thing about little faith that I want to say. Little faith is a faith that places limitations on the ability of God. Little faith is a faith that places limitations on the ability of God. And the greatest contributor to this kind of faith is fear. Fear. What does fear stand for? False evidence that appears real okay now i know that you know if you're tackling a huge task and you're doing something big for god it's natural to feel a little bit apprehensive and you look at this challenge you look at this mountain or you look at this chance and there's going to be a little bit of of fear on the inside of you. Amen. I mean it would be it would be unnatural if you had no fear whatsoever. Then I would say, Well, maybe the dream is not big enough, maybe the vision is not big enough, maybe the task that you are doing is not big enough. But if it's given to you by God and it's a huge task, there's gonna be a little bit of apprehension on the inside of you. I mean, when God called the Israelites out of uh, Egypt and there they stood in front of the Red Sea, the Egyptian army on the back and on either side mountains, I mean, there was a moment when they felt, man, I think we've missed it. I think think we've missed God on this. I think either we're going to drown in the sea or we're going to get eaten up by the huge Egyptian army. And God said to Moses, don't panic. Just put your trust in me. Put your rod out and command that these waters be open. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? But to be overwhelmed by fear, to be dominated by fear is not of God because the Bible says in 2 Timothy 1 that God has not given us the spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, let me say it again. Little faith is a faith that places limitations on the ability of God. And that's why we are declaring Limitless 2019. That we're saying, no, no, we're not going to have little faith. We're not going to have no faith. We're not going to have just a a faith that places limitations on God. We're going to have a faith that is trusting and believing that the heavens are opened over our lives. We are believing for the limitless of God to be made manifest in every areas of our lives. Can you say amen? Amen. One time Jesus mentioned that these folks had no faith whatsoever. Again, it was Jesus asleep on the boat and the storms began to rage. And in Mark 4 and 40, he says to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? All right. Now, I know that there will be times when we are, uh, you know, just there, there is just no faith. And for whatever reason it is, there's just no faith. It's not that we don't have any faith, but rather that our faith is simply not operating and working for us as it should. In other words, something or someone has caused our faith to shut down, okay? Now, it would be like having a car. I mean, you've got a beautiful car. It's got a V12 engine in it. I mean, it's got beautiful seats. It's got beautiful tires. It's got everything that opens, that opens and shuts. But how many of you know that if you don't have a battery that's connected to that vehicle, that car is going nowhere? So you might have the fancy car and look all good, but if there isn't that battery that connects all of those parts together and actually gives the life to that car, that car is not going anywhere. So let me make this statement and tell you that little faith is a faith that is not working for us as it should. And my aim this morning is to inspire your faith. My aim this morning is to get you out of a stagnant faith or to get, get you out of a faith where there is little faith or even no faith and get you into that place of great faith. Can you say amen? amen. Do you know that there are three things that as human beings we cannot do without? Do you, know, do you know what they are? Number one, we cannot do without the shedding of blood. Number two, we cannot do without Christ. And number three, we cannot do without faith. The Bible says in Hebrews 11 and 6 that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And they that come to Him must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Hallelujah. I mean, this is emphasized when God spoke to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 32 and 20. And these are quite strong words. But he says here, and he said, I will hide my face from them. I will see what their end will be, for they are a perverse generation, children in whom is no faith. Children in whom there is no faith. And so let me just say this, that when we allow circumstances or people or whatever to shut down our faith, we become displeasing to God. BECAUSE WITHOUT FAITH IT'S IMPOSSIBLE TO PLEASE GOD. GOD IS ABLE TO WORK IN OUR LIVES AND and ON OUR BEHALF IF THERE IS A SHUTDOWN IN OUR FAITH. SO I WANT TO ENCOURAGE YOU TODAY, IF YOU'RE HANGING AROUND PEOPLE THAT ARE CAUSING YOUR FAITH TO BE WEAKENED, I WANT TO SAY RUN FROM THEM. NOW PLEASE DON'T GET ME WRONG, I'M INTO PEOPLE. OF COURSE PEOPLE MATTER. AND OF COURSE WE WANT TO WIN THE LOST AT ANY COST. And I'm not talking about that. I mean, I'm talking about people that are always criticizing and always got a negative word to say and always, you know, moaning about that and complaining about that and, 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 and gossiping about that and gossiping about that. And, and when you've been with them, you feel like the whole world is on your shoulder. You don't even feel like coming to church anymore. You don't even feel like raising your hands anymore. You don't even feel like reading the Bible anymore. From those people, People, I want to tell you, run. They're not your friends. They're not really your friends. Hallelujah. You want to get around people that will inspire your faith. The Bible says iron sharpens iron you want to get around people that would inspire you in the things of God that when you're finished hanging out with them you want to get into the word because they encouraged you so much that you can't wait to get to the next church service you can't wait to get to the next worship service you can't wait to get to the next moment where you can give to God hello amen Amen. Amen. Jesus commended two people only because of their great faith. The first was the Roman centurion in Matthew 8 and verse 10. The Bible says when Jesus heard what this Roman centurion said, that Jesus marveled and said to those, assuredly I say to you, I have not found such great faith, not even in Israel. Hallelujah. A Roman centurion wasn't even a Jew and he exemplified great faith. And the other person that had great faith was the Canaanite woman who had the severely demonized woman. Again, she wasn't even from the Jewish religion. Two people who, comes, who came from outside backgrounds, who weren't even Jews, and Jesus comments on their two faiths. He said, such great faith. Woman, your great faith has made you whole. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So why is great faith necessary? You ever think about that? Why is it that God wants us to have great faith? We can go from no faith to little faith until we get to great faith. But why, why is it important that we get to great faith? I believe it's important because every one of us has a great vision and a great purpose that has been given by God himself Every one of us have a great work to accomplish from, uh, for, for God. And it takes great faith to see a great vision from a great God come to pass. I want you to lift up your hands and say, it takes great faith to see a great vision from a great God come to pass in my life. One more time. It takes great faith to see a great vision. FROM A GREAT GOD COME TO PASS IN MY LIFE. HALLELUJAH. That's why I want to encourage you. You're not a nobody. You might have started off as a nobody, but God has a great plan for you. There are some things that you can do that I cannot do, and there are some things that I can do that you cannot do. But every one of us, God has given us an assignment. There is a purpose laid upon everybody's heart, and it takes great faith to see that assignment come to pass. Hallelujah. That's why I keep telling the people, there's no such thing as average. There's no such thing as mediocrity. Hallelujah. Come on. God wants to unfold a great work through your life that when you are dead and gone, they're going to talk about it. Your children are going to talk about it. Your, great, your grandchildren are going to talk about it. Your great-great-great-grandchildren are going to talk about the great faith that you exercised to bring about that great vision that they are now seeing and walking in. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So I want you to know this morning, family, that God is a good God. We've been saying that, right? He's a good God who desires to do good things for you and me. Lift up your hands and say, I serve a good God who desires to do good things for me. Right. He's not only a good God, but He's a great God who desires to do great things for you this morning. I want you to believe that with all of your heart. I don't care what people have said. I don't care how they've devalued you. I don't care about somebody who said, no, I don't have faith in you and you're not able, you, you don't have it in you. you uh, just tell them to shut up in Jesus' name. All right? As long as you know the fact that you serve a great God who is able to do great things, amen, you have signed up for God's greatness. Can you say Amen. Let's look at some scriptures just to get some faith on the inside of you. Deuteronomy 10, 17 says, For the Lord your God is is God of gods and Lord of lords, the great God. The what kind of a God? The great God, mighty and awesome, who shows no partiality. THE ONLY THING THAT HE LOOKS FOR, HE LOOKS FOR FAITH, THAT'S ALL. HE DON'T CARE IF YOU'RE MALE OR FEMALE. HE DON'T CARE IF YOU'RE 6'4 OR 5'7. HE DON'T CARE IF YOU'RE BLUE OR BLACK OR PURPLE OR WHATEVER COLOR YOU ARE, WHATEVER LANGUAGE YOU SPEAK, THAT DOESN'T BOTHER GOD. HE JUST LOOKS FOR FAITH. THAT'S WHY YOUR FAITH IS IMPORTANT TO GOD. BUMP YOUR and A NEIGHBOR. YOUR FAITH IS IMPORTANT TO GOD. Let's look at Psalm 48 and verse 1. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in the city of our God in his holy mountain. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say, I serve a great God who desires to do great things for me. That's right. Psalm 71 19. Also, your righteousness, O God, is very high. You who have done great things. If God has done great things in the past, He'll do great things in the present. It means in the future. Tomorrow, He's going to do great things through your life. That means next week, He's going to do great things through your life. Hallelujah. Lift your hands right across the campus and say, I serve a great God who desires to do great things for me. Psalm 86 and 10 says, For you are great and do wondrous things. You alone are God. Psalm 95 and 3 says, For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. Lift your hands and say, I serve a great God who desires to do great things for me. Jeremiah 32 and 17, Ah, Lord God, behold, YOU HAVE MADE THE HEAVENS AND THE EARTH BY YOUR GREAT POWER AND OUTSTRETCHED ARMS. THERE IS NOTHING TOO HARD FOR YOU. THERE IS NOTHING TOO HARD FOR OUR GOD. LIFT YOUR HANDS AND SAY, I SERVE A GREAT GOD WHO DESIRES TO DO GREAT THINGS FOR ME. DANIEL 9 AND 4 SAYS, AND I PRAYED TO THE LORD MY GOD AND MADE CONFESSION AND SAID, OH LORD, GREAT. An awesome God who keeps His covenant and mercy. Hallelujah. And then in Luke eight thirty nine, Jesus told the man, Return to your own house and tell what great things God has done for you. Lift your hands and say, I serve a great God who desires to do great things for me. Hallelujah. He is a good God, but He's also a great God and all things are possible with Him. Look at somebody and tell them all things are possible with God. Find somebody else right now. I need you to do that. I need you to vocalize your faith because for some of you, the things that happened this week have stunned and shut down your faith. And the way that you reactivate your faith, the way that you switch on your faith is you begin to declare. There needs to be a sound that comes out of your heart and out of your mouth, hallelujah, so that your faith can be reactivated this morning. Amen. So there are no limitations with the God that we, uh, we serve. That's the reason, again, why we're saying 2019 is limitless. Because my God is limitless. His power is limitless. His wisdom is limitless. His ability to break every yoke is limitless. The work that he did on the cross has limitless effects. Hallelujah. Can I get an amen? amen did you know and this is in your notes that there is absolutely nothing that can discourage God did you know that this morning maybe you faced a terrible week and you say pastor man I've been to hell and back this week was one of those weeks where I went to hell and back and I feel so discouraged I want to tell you if you feel discouraged it's not because God is putting that on you he he doesn't know discouragement I said, God doesn't know discouragement. He doesn't wake up and, oh, there's a problem there with Carol, you know, and, 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 and so now God's all discouraged, and and, and, there, and there's, you know, Mark Houston facing a mountain and, and all kinds of things, and God's sweating up in heaven, and he's discouraged and looking at Jesus and saying, I don't know if we did enough to overcome those mountains for poor Mark. I'm feeling a little bit discouraged right now. There is no discouragement with the God that we serve. There is no news. There is nothing that comes to the ears of God that would discourage God this morning. Aren't you glad about that? Hallelujah. Come on. He is not the God of discouragement. So if you feel discouraged, you ought to know that, that doesn't, that's not from God because God is never discouraged. I said God is never discouraged. I said God is never discouraged. So if you are discouraged, you ought to take authority over that spirit of discouragement and say, you know what, Spirit, Uh, I walk not by sight, not by feeling, not by what I hear, but by the Word of God that is living on the inside of me, and I'm going to talk the Word of God, and I'm going to get discouragement out of me so that I can get encouraged in God, encouraged in His Word, encouraged in His might, encouraged in His faith. Hallelujah. There is absolutely nothing that discourages God. And so I'm here to tell you that I don't care how difficult your situation might be. You might be like David, surrounded by the bulls of Bashan, and there might be no way out for you in the natural. I'm here to tell you today, child of God, God is not discouraged about your circumstance. Because he is not the God of discouragement and nothing, absolutely nothing, discourages the God that you serve. If he is not discouraged, then neither am I, praise God, and neither are you in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them, if God is not discouraged, then neither am I in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Now, I, you might have received discouraging news. Things might have happened that discouraged you, but you've just got to pick yourself up and say, come on, spirit. Uh, come on, heart. Come on, mind. Let's get, let's get back on God. Let's get back on His Word because God is not discouraged. And if God is not discouraged, then neither am I. Amen. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? amen? The greatness and goodness of God is so amazing that Paul writes... In 1 Corinthians two and 9, and he says, "But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him." So I want you to see from this scripture that the natural eye and the natural ear and the natural mind cannot comprehend and even apprehend the greatness of God. Then when you get to verse 10, you read there that it says, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. In other words, the greatness of God is discerned by those who are spiritually mature. A sign of spiritual maturity is that you are able to discern the greatness of God even in the face of terrible trouble, and even in the face of terrible adversity, in spite of what you are pressed about with, in spite of what your visuals are giving you, in spite of what your audio is giving you, hallelujah, which might not be good, you are able to discern the greatness of God. Because the Bible says, eye has not seen, ear not heard, neither has it entered into the heart, the things that God has for those who love Him. But the Spirit, if you are in the Spirit and you are walking in the Spirit and given over to the Spirit of God, you'll be able to discern the greatness of God. Can I get an amen? See, the natural mind is not able to apprehend the greatness of God. Some of you are looking at the, the economy and the rand is doing this and it's terrible right now and, and all of that and all of that. And in the middle of all of that, you're unable to discern the greatness of God. But I'm here to tell you that even while all of that is happening and even though the rand is going down and, and maybe there's businesses that have shut down around right about you, you can still discern the greatness of God. God has not left his throne. He is still on his throne and his greatness is still being made manifest throughout this world. It just takes somebody who is spiritually mature, amen, to discern the greatness of God. Amen. Can I get an amen? amen? Hallelujah. Praise God. What is the definition of great? What does great mean? I looked it up and and the word great means wonderful. It means first-rate. It means something that is notable. If you are notable, it means people sit up and they take notice of you. It means to be exceptionally outstanding. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? So when we say that that's what great faith is, we're actually saying this is a picture or a snapshot of your faith today. Hallelujah. Now I'm prophesying great faith over you Over these various campuses And when I say great faith I'm saying it's a wonderful faith It's a first rate faith It's a notable faith But because of the working of your faith And the fact that you refuse to give up And let doubt have a voice People are going to sit up and take notice of your life And what it is that you are doing with your life Hallelujah Because it's a great faith It's an exceptionally outstanding faith. Can I get an amen? And that great faith I'm declaring is for your marriages. It's for your businesses, for your walking with God, for your ministry. Hallelujah. That whatever you touch will, will have the sweet fragrance of great faith. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? great faith, why? Because of a great vision that lies ahead of you. And when you have a great God who through His great Holy Spirit has given you great promises, it's very hard not to have great faith. Can I say that again? When you serve a great God who has given you a great spirit, a Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, and you have great promises, it's very difficult not to have great faith. Can I say that one more time? If you know that you serve a great God who has given you through the great Holy Spirit great promises, it's very difficult not to have great faith. Can you say amen? I've got this in your notes. Great faith believes God is all-powerful sometimes, at all times, and in every circumstance Great faith, come on, great faith, believes God is all-powerful, hallelujah, at all times, in every circumstance that you might be facing. Why? Because He is a God who is able to do absolutely anything. And then I've got this other thing. I've said there, great faith believes, believes God desires to bless His people with great provisions, Financially, mentally, emotionally, maritally, spiritually, any other way that I've left out, socially, I don't know, any other way, that's the kind of faith that we have. That's the kind of God that we serve. Great faith believes God desires to bless His people with great provisions. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. Great faith is a faith that sees the invisible, believes the incredible, and receives the impossible. Hallelujah. I feel like there's great faith stirring up in the hearts of men and women in this place across the campuses. Great faith sees the promised blessings as if they were present possessions. Hallelujah. That's what great faith is. Hallelujah. Praise God. Great faith is a faith that still chooses to believe God in spite of the adversity and the difficulty of the situation. Anybody got a difficult situation at the moment? Anybody going through some adversity right now? Just wave at me, just five people only. Oh, my goodness. The rest of you are so spiritual. That's wonderful. But the others of us that are just normal people, we're going through some stuff. There's a little bit of trouble. There's a bit of adversity. It's difficult right now, Pastor. I'm in a hard place. Well, I, I'm glad you, you, you've come to the right place. You might be in the wrong place spiritually, but you've come to the right place. Hallelujah. Because great faith is a faith that, in spite of the difficulty, the hardness, has the, it gives you the ability to open up your spirit to receive impressions from God that are born from his word and made alive to you by the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. In other words, when there's all that noise going on, you've just got to say, noise just Just quieten down a little bit. Just uh, I know you're trying to get my attention. I know you're trying to discourage me. I know you're trying to get me off God. I know you're trying to get me off the purposes of God. But I'm just telling you to to just shut up for a moment because I need to hear those soft impressions that I get from God. As you spend time in His Word and the Holy Spirit quickens that Word to your spirit, there are impressions that come to your spirit. Man, hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. And those impressions bring about a supernatural conviction of certain facts that you have because of the Word that are apart from your physical senses. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and say, I serve a great God who desires to do great things for me. A great God plus great faith is all I need to succeed and see God's vision fulfilled in my life, in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, I thank you for your word that's come to us this morning. I pray today that your word would speak life, impart life. I pray today, God, let your word reverberate in every heart. I pray today that where there was little faith, that great faith would replace little faith. I pray where there was weak faith, that great faith would replace weak faith, that no matter what level of faith we might have come in, God, with, we are leaving this place with great faith. I declare today a boldness that rises up in the hearts of men and women. God, you have called us to do something significant for you. Every single person, I bring every man, every woman, every boy, every child, every single person that is listening to me right now, God, that, Lord, as a child of God, you have placed a great vision, great purpose upon every person, upon business people, upon families, husbands and wives, Lord, upon this church, and it takes great faith to see a great vision from a great God come to pass. Now I pray today, Lord, let people rise in that faith. Let them become history makers, Lord. I pray today that the challenges that they faced last week, last month, would become the stepping stones that, God, you would use to take them into their next season, in their next moment in God, Lord. And right now, I pray, let your word have its way with every person in Jesus' name amen and amen with every head bowed every eye closed see the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the author and finisher of our faith you can't have great faith apart from Jesus the source the origin of the God kind of faith comes from Jesus nobody else it's not about mental power or psychic power It's not about, you know, just emptying your mind and just whatever, becoming one with the universe. It's great faith, any faith comes from God. The the God kind of faith comes from Jesus. He is the author and the finisher or perfecter of your faith. That's what the Bible says. So if you don't have that faith, one way that you could get it is just simply coming to Jesus. And this morning right now with every heart... Open every eye closed your heart is open to God if you're away from God today You don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior now. I'm not talking about a religion I'm talking about a person. I'm talking about experiencing this love that comes from God. I'm talking about experiencing forgiveness That only Jesus has the ability to forgive you and I of our sins I said that there were three things that you and I cannot do without we cannot do without the shedding of blood because without the shedding of blood there can be no forgiveness of sins number two we cannot do without Christ for Jesus said in John 15 without me you can do nothing and number three we cannot do without faith but his blood is here this morning the blood of Jesus ready to cleanse you and forgive you of all of your sins. And in just a moment, you say, well, what does that mean? How does it work? It simply just works by you opening your heart and saying yes to Jesus. That's how easy it is. So I want to pray for those of you right now with every head bowed, every eye closed, right across the campuses. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And today, through this word, you felt something quickening to you and you know that you need to get back right with god and put right with god and i want to encourage you you can and you should and god desires for you to come and the amazing thing is he'll take you just the way that you are so i'm going to count to three when i get to three those of you that say pastor that's me would you pray for me i want you just to slip your hand up right across these campuses hillcrest phoenix galloway Mabel, up in the top whoever you are right now nobody else watching all right here we go one two three lift your hand up high and say pastor here's my hand would you pray for me I'm coming this morning I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and as my Savior would you pray for me this morning I'm coming today I need my sins forgiven I feel the love of Jesus drawing me to Jesus and I'm coming right now. Those of you that have lifted up your hands right across the campuses, I'm going to ask everybody to pray this prayer. Say after me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today in Jesus' name. Just as I am with all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin, I ask you for forgiveness. Thank you for your love and your blood that cleanses me right now i receive the forgiveness of all of my sins you are my lord my savior my healer my redeemer my deliverer and my life will never be the same in jesus mighty name amen and amen I'm going to ask you to stand up right as we stand up. Those of you that prayed that prayer for the first time, whether you're in Phoenix, whether you're in in Hillcrest, whether you're in Galway, up at the top, wherever you are, if you could just quietly make your way down to the front because we'd like to pray with you. So whatever campus you're in, if you can just get up out of your seats, come down to the front, we're going to minister to you. And then if you need prayer, After the service, all right, you can come and there are pastors and people that are available to pray with you. Come on, let's just put our hands together as this woman comes. Anybody else? All right, you prayed that prayer. God bless you. Come on, sir. That's right. Wonderful. Awesome. 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 Anybody else? You say, hey, I need you to just pray for me right now. I prayed that prayer. Then I want you to come out as well. Just come out as well all right and we're gonna hand back to the various campuses right now thank you so much to phoenix and galway and hillcrest right now those of you watching by way of live stream god bless you all right tonight 5 p.m we have a great service it's entitled be inspired and and there's stories of how god what God did in certain families that we're going to just talk about tonight. I I know that you will be encouraged, all right? So tonight's going to be awesome as we do that, all right? Father, as we go our various ways, you go before us in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Be blessed. Have a great, great, great day today. Amen. God bless you.